Well, hello and welcome to episode 31 of the All Things Least podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre, and sat opposite me in the studio is, as always, my co-host, Charles Foster. How are you, Charles? I'm doing good, mate. Yeah. yeah. Very happy after last night, so I'm in a good mood. Very yeah. tired this morning, though, thanks to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode 31 as well. These episodes are just flying by at the moment. <laughs> of course, it is the second one that we have recorded this week, though. Yeah. <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like we never left. Yeah, it feels like we just live here, to be honest. <laughs> we might as well. We might as well. Yeah, we've got a sofa. Yeah. <laughs> Cups of tea in the canteen. <laughs> uh, well, we are uh, by ourselves for this one, though. There's no one else joining us in the studio, but there is still plenty to, to uh, talk about. Though I'm sure that this episode of the podcast probably won't go on as long as the other ones. Uh, but we will, of course, look back on Leeds United's 1-0 win over Brentford at Ellen Road on Wednesday night. Second half substitute Eddie and Ketia firing leads back to the top of the table. We'll discuss Bielsa's comments as well after the game as he hinted that he may play two strikers up front in the future. Uh, we'll have, we've also got a bit of transfer news to go over as, of course, uh, other European sides can still do business and uh, someone has come in for one of our players, specifically Powell Sabicki. Uh, he has now left on loan, but he has left Leeds United. Uh, then we will, of course, look ahead to Leeds United's next couple of games, which sees them take on Stoke City away in the league first on Saturday and then at home in the second round of the Carabao Cup on Tuesday night. This will be All Things Leeds podcast. So uh, let's get straight into it then, uh, straight into it. Uh, let's begin uh, by talking about the win on a Wednesday night, Leeds United uh, defeating Brentford 1-0 uh, at Ellen Road. Now, before the game, Marcel Bielsa in his press conference uh, said that Alioski, Cooper and Douglas were doubts for the game. Uh, more injury worries, <laughs> just what we need. I did mention to you, though, I did say that doubts does not mean that they will not feature. No. And I was, I was nearly right. No, but if they were 100%, would you have preferred them not to play? Um... It depends. I, I'd have to know what percentages they were. If they were like ninety-five <laughs> percent, then I'd be all right with them playing. Then yeah. if, they were, if they were like sixty percent, then maybe not. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to risk him getting worse injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Cooper, he did play. Uh, Douglas didn't, but Alioski was able to fill in at left back. Uh, so other than Alioski playing at left back, it was the same team. So just that one change, and Alioski, he did all right at left back, didn't he? Yeah, it was. Um, there was one point where I, I, I know where. I know you always have a go for skipping the chronological order of it, but there was one point during the game where the ball came over the top and he was sprinting towards it and he flung himself in the air and just about caught... Did you, did you, did you see that when he just about yeah. caught the ball and, and, fell, and fell, just fell on his ass while trying to control the <laughs> ball in midair? Yeah. But he did get hold of the ball and he did manage to run it on. His deliveries weren't brilliant, but his, mo- his, his interlinking play was good yeah. and his movement was good and he was he was... It was it was more of a threat down the side than Douglas would normally be. Yeah. I feel like he links up with Jack Harrison as well, really good. Yeah, I thought Douglas would have been a better defensive option. I thought they were getting a little bit of pressure down his side now and again. But when we were attacking, I thought we were a lot more dangerous because we were essentially playing with three wingers. Yeah, um, of course, a big talk before the game though was all about Pontus Janssen, uh, who of course left Leeds to join Brentford during the summer transfer window. People were wondering uh, what kind of reception... Uh, Pontus Janssen will get at uh, Ellen Road, particularly from the Leeds United fans. Now, before kickoff, uh, when the players warming up, the team was announced, and uh, when Pontus Janssen's name was announced, uh, fans did clap and cheer Pontus Janssen. Uh, but then, 
during the game, once kickoff happened and the game was underway, he did get booed when he had touches on the ball and uh, when he was walking off the pitch as well, the fans were uh, doing what we used to do after a win when we wanted Pontus Janssen to uh, to celebrate with us. <laughs> it was getting it was getting uh, walked off the pitch uh, to uh, some uh, noises from the League United fans and he did get a lot of stick during the game. Uh, but Janssen, I thought he carried himself well. He didn't wind any of the fans up and yeah, fairly good for Pontus Janssen to be honest. Yeah, it seems like he was... Uh very fairly professional his attitude during the game, which I, I can respect that. Which is not normally a feature of Janssen. <laughs> <laughs> he's not not he's normally kind of a bit riled, but um, yeah, he was he, he was fine during the game attitude wise. I didn't, I didn't notice him trying to uh, mug the fans off or having a go or anything like that. He was uh, he was very friendly with the players before the game. I saw him uh, even was laughing with Calvin Phillips during the game as well when uh, when just after a lead set piece went over. Yeah. Um, but yes, so it seemed like everything was going okay. The fans gave him a, a, a decent recession before the game, but as far as I'm concerned, during the game, he's a Brentford player yeah. and we abuse other opposition players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're former League United players. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was okay during the game. Um, yeah, I think he had a decent performance. Not that we're reviewing that Brentford's team because Sodom, <laughs> but I thought he played all right. Yeah, it was quite weird as well seeing Pontus Janssen play against Leeds for Brentford as well. What the weird thing was when uh, the teams come out of the tunnel and Cooper was leading Leeds out, and then Janssen yeah. was leading Brentford, and out. then they that had to shake w- each other's hands for the, for deciding who who was going to kick off in the game. And also Cooper was also marking Pontus Janssen on Brentford set pieces as well. It was so weird. Yeah, just a bit kind of jarring, but you know. That's football. Yeah, it is football. <laughs> People move on. Yeah, so let's uh, move on from Pontus Janssen then and talk about the first half. And I'd say it was a fairly, you know, edgy, even game in the first half. Maybe Brentford were slightly on top during some of it. Uh, they did press us really well, especially down the wings, and we were struggling with Ollie Watkins up front. Yeah, um, I saw that we only, in the first 20 minutes, we only had uh, four out of 12 successful attacking third passes, so you could tell we, we were kind of struggling to get forward, going forward. Uh, I thought we were, yeah, I thought they were the, probably the better team in the first 20 minutes, and I thought 20 minutes to kind of 30-odd, 30, you know, late 30 minutes, we, we were the better team, and then both teams just kind of sort out to half-time. Yeah. But I thought second half of the, of, of the first half, we, 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 we kind of grew into it. But initially, uh, when we were starting, we, we just looked a bit... The, the passing was a little bit sloppy throughout the first half, and to be honest, through most of the game, to be fair, I thought yeah. it improved a bit with the substitutions and when we um, our fitness kicked in over Brentford's because we were just fitter than them, you could see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the first half... Uh, Thomas Frank, their manager, described it as a perfect away uh, first half, and I would I would tend to agree with him there. I thought they yeah, they, so would I. they kind of contained us a bit. We didn't really do much. They didn't really do much either. To be fair, they had that shot that I didn't see at the time because of Sky. Cheers, lads. Uh, <laughs> red button. It the, the screen froze before the shot, and then it uh, as soon as when it came back on, the shot had already happened, so I didn't see it. Yeah. So the commentator was going about how Brentford hit the post, and I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that was the first real chance of the game as well. Brentford uh, on the twenty three minutes. Uh, M. Brimo, I don't know how. I, don't, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, kick, he, kick in the bueno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he cut uh, onto his left foot and killed a shot onto the left hand post, and that was just too close for comfort for me. That was uh, very. That was way too close. And Leeds, you know, it kind of needed that for Leeds United to wake up a bit. And then after that, we did go into the game. We were quite dominant. Um, Patrick Bamford missed two great opportunities in the space of a couple of minutes. Uh, both of them headed heading opportunities. First one uh, he headed over the barn, and the next one uh, he headed just wide very, to the left post. 
He was very unlucky with that second one, which kind of just went just wide. Yeah, because their goalkeeper, Raya, uh, he put, he rushed out uh, to try and get the ball. And, and there was a defender leaning into him as well at the time. Yeah. So it was kind of, he just about got to it and it was just slightly unfortunate wrong side of the post. Yeah, ju- just wide. It looked like it was going in from our angle, but then everyone turned around and looked disappointed and I was like, oh, he's missed. He had, he had another chance as well, but uh, Janssen defended that one. Yeah. So we couldn't really do much about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, both teams kind of cancelling each other out uh, in the first half. It was 0-0 at half-time. The second half, though, it looked like two completely different teams, to be honest. Brentford never came at us. They never really pressed us. And we just battered them, basically. We kicked off from, 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 from pretty much from kickoff. We just rushed them in second half. We spent about, I don't think they really got out of their half until about the hour mark. Because it was just, it, it got back up to the halfway line and then Cooper would recycle it. And then we'd be going forward again. So it was, it was kind of wave after wave. Yeah, slowly drifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Song lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we, we were just kind of. It was we have to ever attack. We were getting down the wings a lot better. We were the final third passes were much, were were much better. We were getting in behind them a lot more, and we were causing them a lot of issues. We were getting, but the the clear cut opportunities weren't there throughout the game for either side. To be fair, we, it was a lot of set pieces, and but neither side set pieces were were brilliant. To be fair, it was just a. It was a bit edgy. We, we, we were getting a lot more joy, though, with yeah. them in the second half. I'd say we battered them during the second half. We, yeah. we were all over them. Particu- really particularly in the first part, first half of the second half. Yeah. That kind of 45th, the kind of 65th minute, we were, we were really on top of them. Yeah. Should we have had a, pel- uh, had a penalty during yes. that second half? A handball? It, it very clearly came off his hand. Was it handball for you? Absolutely. <laughs> his arm is out here. The, uh, it, 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 the ball gets kicked towards goal. It's goal bound, the shot. His hand is here. It is... If it was, if he was a goalkeeper, that would declare a good save. That's how bad the handball was. <laughs> and then Stuart Dallas got uh, booked for um, let's politely so call it dissent. Yeah, when it was actually just screaming in the referee's face. Yeah, he he got booked, which uh, a he lot probably, of us fans weren't happy about. <laughs> but from I saw it from the from the replay, he, from from what it looked like, he was screaming at the referee. A booking was probably fair. Yeah. But we should have had a penalty there. But with Leeds United, we don't get penalties, particularly in this country. That, we do that, get penalties very easily in other countries, such as the game the, against Calgary the, the in Italy. Calgary but uh, Just, we don't we don't get penalties. In, no, uh, but that, that that was a penalty. We should have had a penalty there. Yeah, still more penalty. Uh, the substitutions throughout the second half kind of confused me. Jack Harrison was the first player to come off for Helder Costa in 64 minutes. Now, no complaints for Helder Costa coming on, but Jack Harrison going off. I felt Jack Harrison was probably our best player going forward, to be honest. Yeah, because um, Pablo had a very quite a poor game. Um, Bamford was kind of in and out uh, of the game all all the time. And click click is is, is confusing me at the moment, and I, purely because well, every time I watch him, I think in the first half, in particular, I thought he's just kind of making mistakes here. He's just been a bit poor. He's just been a bit poor, and then uh, of course, like the he, his his through ball was crucial for the goal. Yeah, uh, to, to, to kind of send Costa flying down the wing. So I just think he's. He's got a, a bit of the kind of Hernandez vibes about him in yeah. the way that he can be quite poor for most of the game and then have that kind of moment of brilliance which will make his presence worth it. Yeah, for me, he is one of our most creative players, especially going forward. He is one of the best, he, he, better players. He, but doesn't, he doesn't seem like that when you watch him play. I don't know no. why that is. When you, when you watch him, you just think, oh, right. But then he'll, then he'll do something and then you think, that was actually really decent, that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he was in and out of it. So I thought Harrison coming off was a bit harsh. I'd have probably taken Pablo yeah. off on 65th minute because I didn't think he was doing much 64th minute, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Pablo came off um, about 10 minutes 
12 minutes later for Nketiah and then yeah. that was it we, were, we, 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 steam, <laughs> yeah. we steamrolled him from then on yeah. uh, Jack Harrison he had another very good game uh, to be honest um, shortly after that substitution though uh, Ollie Watkins he came close um, it was on the break cutting on his right foot and fired a shot just wide of the right and post and that again was, was very close and you know for me you know, Brentford's only asset really especially during that second half was just Ollie Watkins they just put balls along to Ollie Watkins and see what he can do with it but it did scare me though because Ollie Watkins could have easily nicked one or two goals uh, I don't know how easily nicked because it, it was just I noticed every now and again we'd be we'd be piling pressure down our left there right hand side and they'd get a bit lucky with a bounce and then they'd whip it over to, to the to our, our right hand side where, where they, it was a two on two situation that happened a couple of times but in a Bielsa system, getting counter-attacked is, is part of it because of how much we overload teams yeah. when we go forward. So I was expecting them to get a few counter-attacks because every team gets counter-attacks against us. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, was a good, that was a good effort, that bit past the post. Um, there was one which I thought possibly could have been a foul. Or, I mean, it's strange to foul Ollie Watkins because most of the time he'll just pretend <laughs> to be fouled. Yeah, um, and he did pretend to be fouled yeah, in the he, second half as well. He, he dived a, in the box. Because he's a diving cheat. Uh, there was one <laughs> point when he was when he was uh, he was running down the centre and Cooper just ran in front of him and blocked him off until Casilla collected the ball and uh, he just jumped on the floor and then tried to claim for a foul, which yeah. I. But it, it looked it looked like Cooper kind of knocked him down. I thought maybe ref, some some referees might have given that, but it was it was just him him could be a lot stronger yeah. than. Uh, I don't think referee was. had a had a good game to be honest. The referee, I thought, well, I thought he, I thought he, yeah, the, the, he was he was inconsistent. The liner down there, down there into the pitch in the was it in the second half? Yeah, in the, in, the, in the second half, their liner on the on, on near the northeast corner. Yeah, that liner was absolute crap. Yes, he got he got about four decisions completely wrong, and the referee overruled him on two of them. <laughs> Yeah, he he was shocking, and and the referee had added up. It was brilliant, either. I, 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 I was shouting at the TV. I was getting so that, <laughs> that that one where he gave that corner, and then the referee forced him to change it to a to a goal kick because it was blatantly a goal kick, and Alioski was screaming in his face. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the official officiating in the EFL continues to be a problem, and we discussed it the other week. It's the second division in English football. It's one of the most competitive, one of the hardest leagues to get out to get out of. Pep Guardiola's stated that, and we still have. Poor, poor officials. But, but that was the line. I thought, penalty aside, most of the fouls in the game that the referee gave, I felt were, were mostly fair. Yeah, I for, did feel for, he for was. Sides. I did feel he was kind of inconsistent though. But th- that linesman, as you mentioned, yeah. especially he was, he was it's, very it's, poor. It's the linesman's job and the fourth official's job to assist the referee in things he cannot see yeah. and to point things out and that lino was crap yeah he, he was dreadful uh, as you mentioned it earlier uh, Eddie Nketiah came on for Pablo Hernandez that was on 77 minutes Pablo Hernandez had a, a quite a poor game to be honest which was unusual his passing was very off and mm. usually bef- you know bef- last season especially Pablo Hernandez when he would have a poor game Leeds United would have a poor game and we wouldn't be able to win the game but here Pablo Hernandez came off for Eddie Nketiah and of course early in the game bring on a £50 million winger in Helder Costa I'm really nice not, subs I'm really not sure what the system changed uh, yeah it was really really weird because because um, of course uh, Dallas uh, he came off at, uh, right back uh, he, he, Berardi he came limped off, off. Berardi came off the birthday boy of course 10 31 uh, on the day uh, Berardi came on at right back Dallas uh, limping off hopefully he's not out for too long we don't need any more injuries at all uh, but it was weird because we finished the game with Costa and Berardi on the right but then on the left it was just Alioski. <laughs> it was just Alioski. We played Eddie and Ketchum Bamford up front by themselves. Although Bamford dropped a lot deeper. He played as a, a sort of a number 10, really. Yeah. But on that left-hand side, 
it was just Alioska. He was playing both left back and left midfield. It was really weird. Yeah, I noticed someone on Twitter. Uh, if we're going to mention the goal, um, yeah, the system was a bit was a bit strange. I mean, if, <laughs> but they weren't really attacking in late games. So it didn't really matter. Yeah, talk, talking about the goal. Um, when Costa's about to whip the ball in, you notice that um, Bamford's running in from the edge of the box and Enketi's already there waiting. And you can see that Bam- when Bamford comes in, he drags the defenders towards him, which give- gives Enketi that little bit of space to jump in front and score. So um, people saying that, uh, obviously, Enketi just came on and was kind of a star man and Bamford was a bit anonymous all game, but Bamford was drawing, drawing all the yeah. defenders. I thought it was one of Bamford's better games mm. I've seen. Off the ball before Enketia came on, off the ball, Bamford wasn't too great. He didn't really make any good runs, but he held up the ball well. He got himself in the right positions, missed a few chances. But for me, Bamford, he is he is a good player. He is playing well. But when Enketia came on, I thought those two linked up really well. And I've been saying it for ages. Bamford, he can't play up front by himself because he doesn't make those runs. He needs someone to lay off him. And we were discussing before we started recording uh, that the best but the best forward partnerships are with two strikers up front. You know, yeah. we've mentioned we mentioned Jermaine Defoe and Peter Crouch. They were a really good partnership when we had Beckford and Beckio. They were brilliant yeah. for Leeds United. Beckio always winning the, winning the knockdowns for Beckford to score. Yeah, and, and now Bamford and Enketia look like a really good partnership. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. We will discuss that later on because Bielsa did hint at that in his uh, uh, post-match uh, press conference. Uh, but Eddie Enketia came on on seventy-seven minutes, as we mentioned. He came on to big applause and uh, Eddie chance just Eddie. They were starting before he came on as well. They, yeah, were, they, they were starting on about the 74th minute. Yeah, by, he, he, by the West Ham for some reason as well, because Eddie and Ketty was warming up, and when Bielsa and, and the staff called him back to come on, the West Ham cheered and started chanting his name, uh, but, which is usually the quiet stand, of course, the West Ham. It's a, it's a stand for the Tories, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they cheered when Eddie and Ketty was called back, and then when he came on, massive applause, Eddie chants, and um, yeah, he, he got a really good reception, and within minutes of coming on as well, Eddie uh, and Ketty, he, he got the ball and within two seconds he had sprinted into their box cut into his left foot and uh, had a really good effort saved by their goalkeeper yeah good defending that though yeah, that, yeah. That, he had he took the shot but the defender just, just got in front and blocked it so it took all the sting out of it yeah. so it, it was it was easy easy enough save but his uh his run for the to, to kind of intercept the pass and run he was he was absolutely rapid yeah. he's so fast like that <laughs> that that took me by surprise because he just picked up the ball the first time he picked up the ball and he sprinted into the box i was like how fast is this, is this kid? He 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 is he is so so quick, and before the goal even happened, that that run that he made, I was looking at him thinking, he's what we've missed for so many years. We haven't Pacey like, striker with actual ability. Yeah, because <laughs> Ruth, yes, he was good and he scored a lot of goals, but he didn't really have that much pace. Eddie and Ketcher just picked up a ball and just sprinted, and within seconds he, he he was into their box. Eddie and Ketcher is so fast, and we haven't had a striker like that who, who's that fast because Bamford's not fast. Roof wasn't that fast. Lasogas was slow as anything. Like the love child of Hadi Sacco and Kemal Roof. <laughs> yeah, pace, but also striking ability. Yeah, it, it, it was it was so good. It was Eddie and Ketia. and of course he did score four minutes after coming on uh, off the bench uh, on uh, eighty-one minutes. Uh, Eddie and Ketia scored the winner. Uh, great play on the right. Uh, Held a cost and nutmegging Pontus Janssen, which was really nice. Uh, as he uh, drove into the box, he uh, played it across to Eddie and Ketia, who was free about five yards out to uh, tap the ball into the back of the net and. The, uh, the the ball across goal was also outside of his right foot from yeah. Elder Costa. Did you see that? Yeah, it, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And yeah, it was an easy finish, but it was a great goal, great build at play. And uh, Ian Wright, who uh, is, uh, I think he's uh, Eddie Nketiah's uncle. 
Oh, some, some form of relative, I think. I, I yeah. don't, we, don't, we don't want to say uncle because we don't know if it's uncle, but <laughs> yeah. some form of relative. Yeah, uh, but he was there in Ellen Road and uh, he's happy. Uh, saw some pictures uh, of uh, Victor Waters' uh, TV screen that, that he has in the director's box in front of him. That was all smashed up. Uh, apparently, Victor Water celebrated probably a bit, a bit too much. He was very, very wild there. It's a kind of Spanish passion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Victor Water, I just love him now. Uh, after, the, after that documentary, the passion he has and, and he shows, it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, Victor Walter's happy. Ian Wright is happy, who travelled up all the way uh, from London to Leeds to uh, watch Eddie and Ketcher make his debut. We would have been very disappointed if Eddie and Ketcher didn't come on. I think a lot of us would have been, because we were excited to see him. Fans were clearly excited to see Eddie and Ketcher play. And, uh, of course, he uh, he scored the winner. Um, and, yeah, as I said, I, I think he's everything we needed for, for years. He's quick, knows where the back of the net is. Uh, and I'm already convinced that he's the 25-plus goal a season striker who's going to fire us up to the Premier <laughs> League. <laughs> yeah, he's he's immense. He really is. Yeah. So so quick, such good mo- movement, and his positioning is perfect for that kind of poacher. I mean, Ian Wright made a career out of being a been a poacher in the box, and if he's anything like his relative, will be will be golden for the season. Yeah. Because um, he's constantly getting in those positions. His pace is is ridiculous. Yeah. And if we if we can utilize that and play him ideally in the same team as Bamford, but I wouldn't be against having them. I know Bielsa doesn't like alternating team selections, but I wouldn't be against maybe giving uh, Enkechio a couple of games and Bamford a couple of games. And I, I don't see any reason why we can't do that. Yeah, neither would I. And yeah, the, the pace is terrifying. And Helder Costa as well on the right hand side. That's the second time, um, uh, of course, they did against Salford that Helder Costa has assisted Eddie Enkechio for a tap in. Uh, again, here, Eddie Enkechio, all of his goals for Leeds United so far, both in the first team and the under 23s, have all been tappings. Uh, <laughs> but he's in the right place at the right time. Helder Costa, great on that right hand side. And for me, going forward, Helder Costa and Eddie Nketiah and have to start. Would, would you not agree? Yeah, they, they were kind of in the game. They were the touch of class and inspiration that we could bring off the bench that Brentford didn't have, really. They brought on Ben Rama, who is, is a really good player, uh, who, who we've seen in the past be really effective in this league. But uh, Nketiah and Costa were were, were the, the X factor that we had that to, say, to turn to when we were struggling to get to try and make any clay-cut chances right. Got these two lads, stick them on, they're going to do something. And, yeah. they, and they came on and they were the difference. Yeah, although we weren't having a good a game. Pa- uh, Pablo Hernandez wasn't too good. And to turn to the bench and have a £50 million winger in Hilda Costa and Eddie Nketiah, who looks like the next big thing on the bench to come on, isn't really bad for either, to be honest. <laughs> the, the, the bench is looking quality these days. Really yeah, good. <laughs> really good. Just wait till everyone gets injured and then it will look so quality. Well, I mean, we're still waiting for Tyler Robertson uh, Luke Ayland to come yeah, back in. Yeah, we are. So, and now looks like Stuart Dallas is out, uh, probably for the weekend at least. Yeah, so probably Berardi at right back. I wouldn't be against that. He looked fairly comfortable no. when he oh, came Jamie on. Oh, Jamie Shackleton as well. Surprised Jamie Shackleton didn't come on actually for Dallas. I think we wanted a bit more, bit more experience, and um, Brady gives you that experience. Yeah. And stick the birthday bow on as well. Give it a birthday present. Go on and play for Leeds Although, and, and get the win. To be fair, if we'd have stuck Jamie Shackleton on at right back, and uh, just Alioski at uh, left back and left mid, <laughs> and uh, and Ketia and Costa and Bamford up front, that would have been the most attacking lineup going. <laughs> <laughs> it would be in, in, that would have been insane. Um, but of course, a one 0 win uh, over Brentford then, and after the game, Bielsa in his post-match press conference uh, suggested that he may go to up front uh, going forward. Um, I will just pull up uh, Phil Hayes' tweet uh, for it. 
um, in a second. So uh, Phil here tweeted, he also was saying tonight uh, that it will need to consider the option of playing two up front. He thinks he can uh, fit Enketia and Bamford into the same team depending on the opposition. Now, I'm not one for, Bielsa said it himself, he's not one for changing his formation around but if we were going to go to it front would you be happy with that is, is would that be a bad idea i would like us to go to it front uh purely because you know i'm a i'm a football romantic and uh <laughs> i like seeing more strikers on the pitch because i think it kind of engineers a better style of play if you've got more attacking players on the pitch but i don't see how it, when we're playing uh, the uh 3-1-3 <coughs> is it a 3 one 3-1-3 no, but you know the Bielsa's other one. The uh, what is it? The three one three. Three one three two. I think it's a three one three three. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, three one three three. Yeah, I don't know why, because we can't count. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you'll forgive us for that. The three one three three. We're not good at maths. <laughs> uh, the I don't see how you can play two strikers in that. You'd have to go for, and I was saying to you uh, earlier, I think we'd have to play the four a four two four. We'd have to do uh, obviously when everyone's fit, Ailing. Uh, Cooper, White, Douglas, and then Forshaw and Click in one of the centre mid roles, and Calvin Phillips in the other one, and then obviously having, I think Hernandez on one wing, Costa on the other wing, and then Bamford and Kessier up front. I think that's how we'd have to do it. That excites me. That that, that really does excite me hearing that. But it's it, it that would be very attacking. Forty forty fours are very attacking. I think it would work at home. Away, we probably have to go with the three. One, yeah, three, three. Away, probably what we're used to. But it's interesting, and, and it would be nice. And as we were saying earlier, uh, two strikers up top do form very good partnerships. Bamford, he kind of needs someone up front with him because he don't really make does does kind of runs that that we need uh, up front as a striker. Because Click uh, at times during that uh, game against Brentford, he, he was kind of playing alongside Bamford as the extra striker uh, to assist him. Really, I don't think Bamford is that good playing up front by himself and. Bamford and Eddie and Ketty, I think they could be they could form a really good partnership, and that does excite me. Um, but yeah, it, it does depend on the opposition, to be honest, and it does depend uh, whether we're home or away as well for me. Uh, but it it will be interesting if we do play two two up top. I'll be excited about that, uh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, one win over Brentford, two league wins in a row now, three in all competitions, uh, three clean sheets in a row now for Kiko Kassir. Uh Of course, we're still unbeaten. So far this season, all of our games, uh, we're top of the league as well with 10 points, but on goal difference, which is a nice is a nice change as well, being on top on goal difference. I noticed a lot of media kind of outlets and, and other teams saying we were joint top. We're not joint top. We're top on goal difference. Yeah. Joint top implies that we are identical in every single uh and every single kind of goal difference, goal, uh, goals against, goals for, everything is is ident- identical. Whereas it's not. We have we have scored more goals and conceded <laughs> fewer goals than Swansea. Therefore, we are top of the league. Yeah, Swansea of course are in second. They their goal difference is plus four. Ours is plus five. Uh, so we are top of the league, but they are uh, Swansea are in second uh, with ten points. Uh, the table is still very close, though, as it has only been four games. And as as I've said plenty of times looking at the table right now really is pointless to be honest until after about 10 or even 15 games uh, and then it kind of evens itself out looking at the table right now really is pointless to be honest it is still very close it all could change but of course we're top of the league and hopefully we'll stay there until the end of the season I don't think we'll be there for the whole season I think there'll be a few ups and downs as the song goes but yeah. I think we'll, we'll be more with 
as Steve Bruce would say, we'll be there or thereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're moving on then, and uh, we've got some transfer news to talk about. I thought we were done with transfer news until uh, January, but because, uh, of course, the English transfer window did close a couple of weeks ago, but the European transfer window is still open, and uh, Dutch, uh, Dutch uh, Eredivisie uh, side, uh, A-D-O Den Haag, quite a long name uh, they've signed 25 year old forward Paolo Sabicki uh, of course uh, the Swedish forward uh, uh, on loan for the rest of the 2019-20 season uh, from Leeds United uh, Sabicki was an okay player played a few games looked okay but uh, never, he's never really going to get in the first team he's gone out on loan what are your thoughts? <laughs> he's I just don't, I think he was part of that raft of um first season auto players that were never going to make it <laughs> the likes of Idaguchi and oh Christ signing Saka on a permanent and uh, Vernon Anita Vernon Anita and oh what's his bloody name sent to the Dutch league Jeroy Grot Jeroy Grot I was thinking of Jeroy Grot <laughs> just players that were we we kind of it was our scattergun approach where we bought a lot of cheap players hoping they're all going to be really good. Yeah, we we bought a lot of mediocre players on on long contracts for high wages as well. Yeah, and that was an incredibly stupid thing to do. Yeah. Um, so now we are waiting for Vernita's contract to end <laughs> <laughs> and sending Sabicki out on loan. Yeah, uh, well, and Jerry Grot's out on loan, I think as well. Yeah, uh, Jerry Grot. I don't think it looks too bad, but Sabicki he was never going to get the first team. He's now gone out on loan. Hopefully he does well um, over in uh, there's, Holland. There's an option for permanent as well in that deal, so yeah. they, they could sign him at the end of the uh, end of the loan. Please do well, Sabicki. <laughs> Please do well <laughs> in Holland, so they sign you because they can get rid of you. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, we need to get rid of uh, players on the books. Uh, but Paul Sabicki, he has uh, finally left Leeds United after, of course, he was going to move to another team, but that uh, move uh, fell apart. But he has now left on loan uh, until the end of the season, and uh, of course, uh, good luck to him over in Holland. Hopefully, he, uh, hopefully he does well. Um, well, that's it for the other news. Uh, on to the uh, next two games. Uh, then for Leeds United and both against Stoke City. Uh, the first game is in the Championship and it's away at what was called the Britannia Stadium, but it is now the uh, now called the Bet365 Stadium, a football ground which I'm pretty sure John Stevens is a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you imagine having a stadium named after a betting company, you're supporting an advert. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're doing. Yeah, terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, we got to go down there again. We lost there last season in, yeah. in probably our second worst performance of the season. I would say West Brom away was probably our worst. This loss last season was probably our second worst. Yeah, it, it was. I think Bielsa said it was the worst performance he had. Of course, I thought I thought West Brom away was worse. That yeah. second half collapse was terrible at West Brom. But this was a really poor game last season, and they were distinctly average in both games we played against them yeah uh, of course we did lose uh, 2-1 away at Stoke uh, back in January Pontus Janssen getting sent off for falling over and the ball accidentally scraped his arm and the referee sent him off for some reason um, but hopefully it's not a repeat of that hopefully we do win uh, if we don't then it is embarrassing because Stoke City uh, they are uh, bottom of the league they haven't won a game yet in the championship this season um, Stoke- it would be Proper leads though to be top of the league and lose a game against bottom of the league. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It would be. Uh, but Stoke, they haven't won a game in the championship yet this season. On the opening day, they lost 2 1 at home to QPR. Uh, after that, they uh, lost 3 1 away at Charlton. 
Um, after that, uh, in their last uh, game at home, uh, they drew 2-2 uh, at home to uh, Derby County. And then uh, in the last game, uh, which of course was on Wednesday night, they lost 3-1 away at Preston conceded North End. Lot, conceded a lot of goals there. Yeah, and Jack Butland conceded uh, a few embarrassing goals as well. He A few years ago, Jack Butland was being talked up about being the next England goalkeeper. And now he's he's, he's back into the championship life, back to how he, how, he, how he used to play when he played for Leeds United, to be honest. And, he, and he's conceded very poor goals. His big mistake was... Uh, when they still got relegated, not leaving them when they got relegated because I think Arsenal were interested in, in signing you know before they signed Burt Leno. Yeah, so, yeah, he could that could have been you, mate. That could have been you. Yeah, it definitely could have been him. Uh, but yeah, they have only uh, picked up one point this season. They are bottom of the Championship table um, after the first four games and the two points from safety currently. And yeah, surely we have to win this. Surely we have to beat Stoke. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. Uh, superstitious there, but uh, I'm not really. I, I'm with football. Though. I do believe in the football gods, and the football gods would will in this normal scenario would, would make us lose here for a laugh because because they are garbage and we are playing really well. And it would be prime leads to go and lose this fixture. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I we sh- we should win. We really should win because yeah. they, they are utter crap. Definitely, yeah, they they are really bad at Stoke City uh, right now. Just. As as you have you as you've been saying, <laughs> yeah, they're just not they're just not a good team. But they've got some really good players. I was saying I was saying to you on the on the way over that they are just a bunch of expensive strangers, aren't they? They're just a bunch of really highly played highly paid former prem players that don't really want to be here, don't really know each other, don't have a project, don't really have a system. They they're just turning up to every game expecting to win on reputation, and that's not how you win games in this league. It's really not. Yeah, as Cardiff and Huddersfield are proving. Yeah. You can have very expensive, terrible players, yeah. and you can have, and as Charleston have proven, you can have very cheap, good players. So, yeah, they've been performing very poorly, and we should we should punish them. Yeah, uh, the lineup. I mean, we don't know who's who's going to be available uh, or not, obviously. But do you think Enketia will start? Do you think Bielsa will change it to two up front? He did say it would depend on the game whether or not he would start Enketia. I I don't think he will start Enketia, and. I, I, I hope he does, but I don't think he will. Yeah. Um, and if he does start him, it may be, I don't know if he'll drop Bamford into like a kind of false 10 role. Or whether he'll, he'll drop him to the bench. Yeah, he could do, to be fair. But I'm not really going to have a go at Bamford because I don't expect him to score every game. Yeah. No, very few strikers score every single game. Yeah, and I don't think he played bad against Brentford either. No, he wasn't. He, he I think, it, honestly, it, it was a bit weird because he was actually, Bamford was better in the first half, I thought. Unlike the rest of the team, and then when the rest of the team picked up in the second half, he not dropped off, but he just wasn't as yeah. He, he just didn't seem to be as in the game as he was in the first half. Yeah. The question is, do we, do you award a twenty-year-old striker who came on uh, for ten minutes and changed the entire game and scored the winner? And who has scored three goals in his last three appearances? Uh, yeah. So Bamford's got three and four. He's got three and three. So both strikers. Of course, one of those wasn't be under twenty-three. It was, and one was in the cup, but. It's still three games of football. Yeah. They don't let you score for <laughs> in the cup and under twenty threes football. They just let you run through. We've got, uh, we got two good strikers to to choose from. It's nice. It's just a shame we don't play two up front, mate. Yeah, <laughs> got a lot. Of sele- got a lot of selection. And I think that we are going into Saturday's game against Stoke, and not knowing what team will play. Obviously, we don't know what players are, are fit or not. Dallas, whether he's out for a long time. I think most of it will be unchanged. I think Cooper and Ben White, Calvin Phillips will play, of course, if they are still fit. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see the lineup on Saturday. Uh, score prediction then for Saturday away at Stoke. 
you see, the, in, the, in those games you were describing with Stoke, they concede a lot of goals, but they still seem to score at least one a game. So, are they, are they not scored in a game yet? Uh, no, they've, they've scored in every game. So they've scored in every game. They, yeah. So, I'm probably going to go for... You know, I'm going to go 2-0 leads. We've had three clean sheets in the last three games. I'm going to go for four clean sheets. Yeah. I'm going to 2-0 leads. Three clean sheets in a row. I'm, I'll go 2-1 to Leeds United. I reckon it will be scrappy. I reckon it will be tough. Stoke will make it tough. They'll have a big attendance as well, I'm sure, because, of course, it is against Leeds United. Um, yeah, I reckon it'll be tough. I, I'll go 2-1 Leeds United. Um, well, on to the, on to the uh, next game against them then, of course, on Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday the 27th of August. Uh, Sat Ellen Road in the second round of the Carbao Cup. Uh, we, of course, beat Salford 3-0 away in the first round. Stoke beat Wigan 1-0 away. Uh, you'd imagine that, both Leeds United and Stoke will make changes on Tuesday night. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think so. Is um is that uh, the league game? Is that on Sky? The League Cup game? No, the the league game at the weekend. Is that I on Sky? Don't think so. No. Hmm. Oh, it could be. Is it an early kickoff? No, I think it's just three o'clock. No, kickoff. three o'clock kickoff. So it will be on TV. No. Right. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should have followed the updates then. Um, yeah. I'll just find a stream. Uh, we're both off to this cup game. We, we, as is Chris, we've all bought tickets. Yes. As is my my old man and my brother, we're going as well. Yeah, you're in the northeast corner. I am in the northeast corner. Me and Chris are in our south stand, season card seats. <laughs> yeah, plenty of arguments about this, but to be fair, to get three seats in a row, I would have had to. I wouldn't have been able to sit in my seat anyway. So yeah, it, it's worked out fine. Yeah, well, we're all going to the game. Yeah, you looking forward to it? I am. I am. I like a cup game because it's like a. Especially against the championship side, because it feels like a league game, but yeah. you don't really care if we win or lose. <laughs> and it were cheap tickets as well. Re- really cheap tickets for this yeah, game against like, Stoke. It was like 40 quid for four tickets, yeah. which is fairly reasonable. So we're seeing Leeds versus Stoke for... for very little money. Yeah, very little money. Uh, score prediction for this one. They'll both make changes, but score prediction, do you think we'll win? It's quite difficult to predict score predictions with second-string squads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go same again. I'm going to go 2-0. I think we're going to go 2-0 and twice, twice in a row. I'll go 2-1 again. I'll go 2-1 again. Yeah, it is very difficult. Um, if we win, great. We move on to round three. If we don't, then... Hopefully get a nice prem team in uh, round three. Yeah, but if we don't if we don't win, will we be bothered? I'd love to get like a Palace or a Watford or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to go on a small cup run and, and try and get a, a Premier League side and see, see where, we're, where we're at. I don't want a Man City because I don't want to get thrashed for 5 0. Bournemouth. Bournemouth would be all right. I like Bournemouth. Yeah, just just one of those mid table to, yeah. to lower league Premier League sides, just so we're not going to get battered 5 0. Kind of test the squad against, I mean, obviously it's our second string squad against their second string squad, but kind of test our squad against the Premier League squad, see how, how we would do. Obviously, we would get a transfer window if we managed to go up before we played any of them. But yeah, uh, it was nice. To, it's nice to get a kind of benchmark of where you are uh, compared to Premier League teams. Yeah, uh, but if we lose though on Tuesday night, would we be too bothered? Probably not. No, probably no. Not really bothered. Yeah. It's a cup. We're not. We're not going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's it's if we get knocked out in this round, then it's uh, we get like an extra four days rest of the players. Uh, for for another league game later yeah, on, exactly, exactly. So, uh, although the players who do need minutes under the belt aren't going to get aren't going to get those competitive minutes. If uh, if Inketi doesn't start against um, in stuck in the league, he will start the cup game. So yeah, that'd be nice, nice to see him get ninety minutes in that game. Yeah, and Phillips and Click will probably play both games in in the league cup game, like yeah. they did against Salford. But I don't really agree with that. But yeah. it's fine. I, no. I would much rather play Bogus and McCalmont. But yeah, I, I think the league cup is good for fringe players who need minutes under the belt in, in competitive games to get those minutes yep. but we're not We're not. it would be nice to play a Premier League side but we're not bothered about cup runs we're not going to win it um, I'd, but, I'd love to see Pascal Struik get a uh, 
get a few minutes in the cup as well. Yeah, that'd be nice, that'd be nice. But of course, hopefully, Leeds United win that game and win both of those games against Stoke. And it would be nice as well to, to bat Stoke uh, twice. twice in the space of four days. It would be, be really nice, it would be really nice. Last time we uh, slapped at the club about that much in four days was when we Bristol City when we signed Enketia then after battering them 3-1 at their place. Yeah, it's weird how that works out, doesn't mm. it, when, when teams play play each other twice in the space of a few days. In the first round, I think you had West Brom and Millwall play each other on the Saturday and then again on the Tuesday night in the Cup. And uh, here we play Stoke uh, twice in the space of a couple of days. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we win them both. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of uh, episode 31 of the All Things League podcast. Thank you very much as always to uh, Charles for joining me in the studio. Thanks for having me, mate. And uh, thanks to everyone who has listened as well. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, then why not subscribe or follow? Uh, give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Share the podcast around as well. Uh, make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search up All Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search up All Things Leeds on Facebook. Keep up to date with everything that is happening. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you have not already. Me and Charles, we will be back next week. But for now, take care and we'll see you later. We'll be right back.